Welcome to the third episode of the Views from Wings podcast. I'm Nishan. I'm here with Aaron, and we're going to talk about a little bit about the game coming up with the Giants. And, you know, it seems like it's going to be, it, it's, it seems like it's going to be an easy win, but knowing how the Giants play us all the time, it's always going to be, it's going to be a tough game. And I honestly don't know what to expect. The Eagles could come out really hot, or they could come out really slow and then have one of those double-digit deficit to the Giants. And, yeah, this is a really weird game because even though the Giants are 2-6, and six, they're still playing really well. And what do you see What do you see happening? Um, it's, it's tough to say. The, the one thing that um, gives me some hope is all the guys that seem to be coming back. Uh, Sanders will be back. Seems like Lane will be back. Um, hopefully, hopefully Alshon will be back, which may not be a good thing, depending, you know, if he takes some snaps from Fulgham. Because yeah. I, I don't know actually where they're going to play Alshon um, and where he's going to kind of fit in there. Um, I would imagine he takes over the X spot, you know, where Fulgham's been. But, yeah, I, you know, taking Fulgham off is, is not the greatest idea. Uh, I, I have, you, do you, have you seen anything about... Um, uh, is is Jason Peters? He's he's still playing, right? Yeah, it looks like he's gonna play. Um, Elaine looks like he's he's gonna be all right. The bye week really helped him. I saw Mike Mike K tweet that maybe the Eagles should use um, use um, Alshon Jeffrey as put him in the slot and use him for screens. Yeah. So you're not taking either uh, Rager and Fulgham off the field. So there's like. You're integrating him into the offense like slowly, so you, right. because he what it's been almost uh, oh less than a year since he got that injury, and you just don't want to throw him into the fire and then hit him end up him getting hurt again, which is just like we don't need that at this point. But we're starting to get our weapons back, which I'm really happy about. Like the past few, I think months we we've been relying on practice squad guys like Fulgum and he's shown what he's able to do but we just need everybody to come together and get ready for you, for, you know for the stretch run it's like yeah yeah i think if anything um it should be ward that that gets off the field you know they yeah. need to keep uh, bigger and Fulgum out there as much as possible um yeah it's uh I'm interested to see how they deploy him. I would I would actually be interested to see um, Rager get moved to the slot and, okay. and let him maybe. Um, so you can move Alshon, keep him on the outside. But yeah, as long as they just use him kind of as a, a chain mover, you know, don't yeah. have anything deep for him really. I don't think nothing. I think as long as you keep him short and intermediate, um, he's really good in slants. Um, yeah, he's, he's actually really good. At, he's great at getting that quick separation and uh, shielding his body using his body shield. Um, from the defender, but yeah, I'm I'm a little still nervous with the Giants. Just I, I feel just about the same as I did last time. I feel okay. better because we're getting those guys back. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm really really nervous that Doug Peterson is just is not the same anymore, man. Yeah, and I know I know he gets a super long leash because yeah. of the success he's had here and the success he's had um, with all the circumstances, you know, all the injuries that he's had to deal with, but. Aside from those injuries, as a play caller, I don't think he's been nearly as creative or aggressive as he was 2017, even 2018. We're seeing these the last couple of years, especially this year. Um, and it, it, I, I think a lot of people say, you know, it's just his first bad year, which it is. I, you know, I'll grant you that it is his first 
maybe his first bad year, you can say that, but this is Carson's first bad year and he's yeah. getting excuses. He's not getting any leniency. So I think, I think as a fan base that we're a lot more lenient on Doug because we've seen what he can do, mm-hmm. you know, with his back against the wall, but we've also seen Wentz do that last year too. So I've, I, I, that's what gives me pauses. I want to see what kind of Doug Peterson we get. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you kind of you kind of have to look at it at the players that he has. He can't do like what we were doing in like in um 2017, where we we're just throwing the ball down the field, g- passing the ball over the middle to the side to the to left and right. So he hasn't hasn't been able to do that. But he, I think, he deserves a little bit of criticism. Be with how the past few years have went, like how we started off like very slow. Like you can. It's easy to blame the players because they're the ones who are producing on the field. But you kind of have to put the blame on the coaches for not putting the players in the in the right posi- position to win. And I don't know why with our fan base, it's easier to blame blame the players than it's to blame the coaches. Maybe it's because he won the Super Bowl without Wentz. And just, I think what it's going to come down to, I, I said this yesterday on Twitter, that if... Half of this portion of this fan base and the media here, they're doing whatever it takes to run Carson Wentz out of town because they want to. They want us to go through another period of ten years where we're not ten years, between five and ten years of not having a franchise quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if if he Carson does end up leaving, he he going somewhere else and, balling out. Like I wouldn't be surprised because. Because I don't think anybody in the in the NFL has a fan base like we do, like how we yeah. just like get on the players for not doing things right. If he goes somewhere to, let's say he goes to, um, what's it gonna, like the Colts, they're not going to be on him, like how we are. Look at Nelson Aguilar; he was a he was a he was a head case here. He couldn't even catch a ball that hit him in his hands. He didn't know how to track the ball. Now look what he's doing. In, in Las Vegas, where he's able to make all these plays because the spotlight is not on him. We were asking him to be wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Two. That's not who he is. He's like a, he's a slot guy. He works best when there's two other players better than him. Unfortunately for him, last year you had got you had Alshon and Djax going down early in the season, which kind of just probably sped things up a little bit too much quickly for him. But yeah. That's what I think. Just yeah, it it wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see. Uh, I mean, he's only here for two more years, guaranteed. I mean, he's here. He's here next year, and then I mean this year, and then next year. Outside that, I'm pretty sure you can kind of get out from underneath that contract. I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, I think that this team and franchise is committed to Carson Wentz, yeah. as they should be, because. The thing with Wentz is he's having a really bad year, but he's extremely talented. We know that the talent is there yeah. and we know that the circumstances haven't been the best. And I understand it gets old listening to all these Wentz excuses, you know, and they are, they yeah. are excuses. Anyway. But I think more than excuses, it's context. You're adding context to the situation because I don't know if we've seen a quarterback the last, even counting this year, we're talking 93 touchdown passes and 33 interceptions in his last 48 start games started. Yeah. I think you'll find eight, nine, ten other quarterbacks in this league that have put up that type of resume. You know, yeah. and talk wins and losses all you want. You know, yeah. his record his record's that. 
I don't care about that. I care about who produces individually on the field, who does their job better than average. And it's very clear as a whole, he has been much better than average over the last four years. Yeah. And I I find it funny, like last year when we, when we went down that stretch where we beat, we won all those four games and we won the division. People are like, Oh, look at this. We're going to, we're going to the playoffs. We might win a game. And then now people are saying, Oh, but it was against the Giants, the Cowboys, and Redskins, who all suck. So why are you saying this now? Why didn't you say it all the way back in December? Why didn't you say it then? Why are you saying it now just to, just because you want to take a shot at Wentz? Like, he he has no control over the schedule. He's playing who's on week in and week out. You can't put that on him. Eagles were bad last year. The other teams were bad, but they're actually well, good enough to make adjustments during those games and being being able to win those games. And I just don't understand why there's so much, you know, animosity towards Wentz. Like, he didn't do anything to us. All he did was he got injured. He tore his ACL. He had a bone break in his back in 2018. Like, there's nothing he can do about those injuries. They're all fluke. And I don't know. I don't understand why people don't want to believe in him. They probably think that 2017 was a fluke. Was a fluke year, like it was. It might not happen again. Sure, he might not have. He might not go thirty-three touchdowns and seven interceptions, but he'll. He's good enough to make smart decisions, and we just need to let that go forward. He's gonna get better. He said that in his. I think his last two press conferences. Press conferences that he needs to take ball, take care of the ball better. He needs to know when to eat it and when to throw the ball away. For me, that's somebody who knows that they need to improve their game, and they're willing to do that. I know he's probably got advice from the coaching staff, like Doug, to t- tell him about it, but he just needs to go out there and prove it. Like Us, we're, we're both once defenders. We can't keep on defending him on Twitter when he's not pro- proving proving it himself to other people. We just look, we just look dumb doing that week in and week yeah. out. Like... At some point, he needs to take initiative, take take the bull by the horns, and go down this this tough stretch and try to at least win the division and win our playoff game. But yeah, yeah. So my thing is, <coughs> his issue right now is turnovers. Yeah. That is something that has really other. Than, I mean, the fumbles has been something that has been his whole career, but yeah. turnovers are not something that has been consistent through his career. Outside his rookie year, he's not been a guy that throws interceptions. Yeah, you know, he throws half an interception again. That's, yeah. a, that's a really good. I mean, just coming into this year, he had I think like top five all time touchdown interception ratio. Um, you know, within like fifteen hundred pass attempts, I think was the was the qualifier. But um, yeah, the issue, and that's a fixable issue. That yeah. is the thing about it. And what the reason the reason I think it's fixable is because he's played this exact same way his whole career. Yeah. And he's not having these issues with turnovers other than the fumbles. The fumbles concern me so much more than the interceptions yeah. because it, the interceptions is just – it's a luck of the draw sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like there's there'll be situations where – I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to, for me to explain. I'm not trying – I'm not sure how, do I, how I should word it. What I'm trying to say is the interceptions I think are a lot more fluky than the fumbles. Yeah. Um, the fumbles is, is a documented something that you can see every single year this is an issue. And I don't know how that gets better, mm-hmm. but as long as he keeps the same talent, the same mentality, the same person he is, I think that he should stay, you know. And that's 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 why I take 
issue with calling myself even a Wentz defender because mm. I am defending him, but yeah. I'm not defending his play this yeah. year. His this year has been really bad, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm defending him as a player overall because it's clear who he is. You don't become, you know, a terrible quarterback overnight. It's, it just really doesn't happen. And I don't think that's the case with Wentz because you're still seeing the talent. You're still seeing the flashes. Yeah. It's just the dumb mistakes, mental mistakes, and these reckless plays that have made him great. But now it's, you know, you're seeing it kind of fall to the wayside. And I will say, I don't think 2017 was even a fluke because look at that year, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Since then, he's averaged 30 touchdowns to 10 interceptions over, you know, his next, you know, the next three years after that. So it's not, it's not much different. You know, it was only 13 games in 2017, but he's missed games the last few years. So I don't think his play in any way is a fluke from 2017. I think he is that player. And I just think he's had some bad luck, some bad circumstance, and some really, really stupid mistakes. Yeah, he's always had those, like, those really dumb mistakes where you're saying, what the hell are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. that's, people need to understand that's the type of quarterback he is. He's going to go for the big play. He's going to do all that. And if he can't accept that, then honestly, I don't know what to tell you because he's been playing like this since his rookie year. He's played it every year since. What's the point of complaining about it when just accepting it? Like, oh, he'll make a boneheaded play. But yet at the same time, like that throw to the... To Boston Scott against the Giants to win the game, like incredible. That throw. was an incredible was one of the throw. Best he, throws of his career. He threw it where only Boston Scott could make a play. He caught it and they won the game. Like, I just don't understand like the hate that Carson Wentz gets from Eagles fans, from the local media, and now the national media. And we had a little bit of thing stuff yesterday with Brett Favre saying that you know Eagles should have kept Foles and they should have moved on from Wentz. I'm you know what, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't think Brett Favre is one to talk because he's he threw, I don't know how many times he threw 20-plus interceptions a year. Well, he, he held the record for most interceptions. I think he might still hold it for most interceptions in uh, NFL career. So, yeah, I mean, that's Brett Favre is Carson Wentz in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, I, I The comparisons, the only comparison that I think you can take from both of them is they're both gunslingers. They both played with reckless abandon. Yeah. But is still over the course of his career has been way more careful with the ball than Brett Favre ever was. Yeah, it's just what's the, what's the point of bringing that up now? Like why don't why didn't you bring that up in 2019? Like Yeah, well, it's, just, it's silly because it's obvious Foles is not good. I mean, you're seeing he that is a sinking ship of an offense in in Chicago. We think our offense is bad. I don't know if you watched the game, but their offense is is hard to watch. It, and it's not gotten any better with Foles taking over than with, with, with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, which everyone loves to clown Mitch Trubisky as the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's, and he's, Foles takes he's, over, and there's no difference. He's a, Mitch is a, he's a d- decent quarterback. He'll make the, those boneheaded mistakes, but when they won the division in 2018, he was he went to the Pro Bowl. So it's kind yeah, of he, like I'd rock with Mitch. He gives you more of a running game than Foles. Foles is more like a. He's a pocket quarterback. He's he can, a statue. He's a statue. He can. He never moves <laughs> around. Like, I just don't understand what's the point of bringing that up. Like, and then I, don't know. I I woke up today and I went on Twitter and I'm like, I see all this like commotion about Doug's press conference and I'm like, what's the point of asking him so many times? He's not gonna. Brett Favre and Doug Peterson are good friends. Like, 
And the stupid thing is like people were saying, oh, Brett Favre is speaking for Doug Peterson. If if that was true, then wouldn't Wentz had once he what wouldn't Wentz have been benched by now? Like that's like the that's like the stupid shit down. Like what the heck is going on? Well, it's it's more of the this crowd that wants to absolve Doug of any blame, and yeah. they 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 want to believe that Doug is this great coach, but and they also want to believe that when and this is a not you know this is not talking to everyone. This is probably a pretty small group of people, but I've run into them. People who think Doug is an absolute genius and Wentz is trash. If Doug is an absolute genius and you know as a fan that Wentz is trash, why is Wentz still playing? If Wentz is so horrible, that's an indictment on Doug too. Because he's still starting him. He's still playing him. Yeah. And so people want to pretend that Doug is some puppet and can't speak for himself. Oh, he can't bench him because Howie Roseman would have his head. Oh, he's actually told Brett Favre how he really felt. And this is how he felt. And what he's saying to the press is just, you know, coach talk. No, bullshit. That's not what's happening. <laughs> and I find it funny that people who say when socks put in hurts, those are the same people who have a fucking Carson Wentz jersey. Like you're just yeah. – you're just being hip, hip, hypocritical at that point. like. Well, it gets to a point these people see, you know, and I get it to a point where you're like, you're seeing this offense. And I thought the same thing in, um, oh, what game was it where it was, where I think everyone was calling for his head. It might have been the Cincinnati game. I can't remember what game it was, but there was a, a particular game where I, I was almost on that train too. I'm like, man, let's just see something different. And I think people think that different means better. And yeah. different is not always better. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think Jalen Hurts, if you just throw him in there and you try to start him, you're not going to get a better offense. Yeah. You're going to get an offense, but it's not going to be better. It's not going to be more efficient, and you're going to see the same type of issues that we've seen. He's probably going to put the ball, ball in harm's way more than once. Like, Absolutely. The best yeah. thing for the pick was stupid, um, looking back on it. But you can use Jalen Hurts. Like, like that one drive against the Cowboys, he had that pass to – Fulgham, that kind of opened, really opened everything up. You are able to do things more because the defense had to respect his throwing ability instead of the, the option play. So I just think it's... Well, and the thing is, you could have ran all these same plays with Greg Ward. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> That's the thing. wasn't a, a terribly hard throw to make to Fulgham. Yeah. He was open. He just made the throw. Yeah. It, you know, so... <laughs> it's just weird that they... The pick is so inexcusably bad. It just yeah. really is my opinion it's it, it was poor foresight by is howie roseman thinking he was the smartest guy in the room again. yeah we're quarterback factory what does that mean <laughs> yeah what does that mean? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like um, this this fan base is very you know they're very difficult to deal with on certain days like sometimes you can't even you can't even talk to them and it's like the amount of dumb shit that they say, which is just like astounding, and yeah, I honestly hate. Like, uh, I honestly hate this fan base. Like outside of like probably you and maybe like five other people, I those are like people I can stand. Other, other, everybody else, I'm like, and they're getting mad at the smallest things. They're getting mad at press con press conference verbiage. You yes. You, the players don't want to, want to be there. The coaches don't want to be there. They're just going to give you those vague-ass answers. They're not going to say, oh, I need to throw the ball better. I need." They'll say that, but they're not going to go very in-depth about anything. 
Yeah, and I was talking to this guy um, on Twitter. He's like, is one of the hundredth guys probably that has said, oh, I'm so sick of hearing Wentz say, I'm going to be better. I need to be better. It's like, what do you want him to say? What Seriously, what would you like him to say? He comes to a press conference. They ask him about his play. In your mind, what is the correct answer? And he says something like, oh, he needs to say, we should have beat, we should have beat Dallas by three touchdowns, and I was terrible. Like, dude, he's not going to go say Dallas is horrible. We should have killed him. He's not going to go say that. That's not what a quarterback does. And that's not who Carson Wentz is. You know, he's not going to come out and say that stuff. There's just not much for him to say. All he can say is, I'm going to get better. I know that I'm not playing as well as I should be. And the only thing I can do is try to get better. What else is there for him to really say? Other than to say, I'm terrible. Please bench me. It's like, that's what they want to hear. It's like that in all, in not just in the NFL, but every sport here and NBA, you got players who are going to say, ah, I didn't play well. I need to play better. They're not going to go. What's the point of them wasting their knowledge on like probably maybe 10 or 15 reporters who are probably going to misconstrue what they say and put it into a blog, which is like, that's then that's just putting yourself at a, like putting yourself in the crosshairs for um, criticism, which I just don't really understand. I don't know why people really care about press conference. I don't know why you would want to watch a press conference. Just watch, yeah. <laughs> just follow the fucking beat reporters and see what they're, saying you don't have to watch like 30 minutes of it just saying nothing mm-hmm. like that's just if you're doing that you're you gotta you got, for half an hour you, you gotta do something better with your time like i just don't understand the point of that yeah yeah i don't either i i sometimes i'll catch a listen on a podcast you know certain parts of a press conference but yeah i'm not gonna go out of my way to watch one right after the game or it doesn't matter i'm not gonna hear them say anything you know, poignant or, you know, it's, we know Doug and he, he's, he's about like Andy Reid. He doesn't give you anything. He's Carson's not going to give you anything. No one on that. No one's going to give you any sound. I mean, that's all they're looking for is a sound bite. you know, something to, to write about and then, they don't to write about. And then don't get me started on these, these beat reporters, like the amount of nonsense, nonsense that they tweet and write about. is like, I just saw, I think it was Nate Joe Giglio, he said that Eagles are a good quarterback away from contending. I'm, I was, I looked, I didn't even read the article. I looked at the headline and I was like, what? We're not a good football team. What makes you think Carson Wentz playing better is going to make us a contender to go to the Super Bowl? I just, I don't understand that. And this is the same guy who thinks, who thinks Foles should have stayed in, Philadelphia over once. I just, I just don't get that reasoning at all. It's yeah, yeah. I don't understand it. It's something that's never going to die. It's going to be a topic of conversation as long as those guys have jobs. Whoever takes their jobs probably going to talk about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the uh, to the second half of the schedule. I see the Eagles maybe losing. Two or three games, I either see them finishing 8-7-1 or 9-6-1. Where do you see them? Yeah. How many losses? Um, I think they – I honestly think they win their next two games. Yeah, um, me too. I see New York, Cleveland, I think those are wins. And then you get Seattle, Green Bay. That might be back-to-back losses there. Yeah. So you're looking what now at – Five, six, and one? Yeah, five, six, and I one. I think knowing the Eagles are probably going to – they're probably going to win one of those games. I don't know which one. 
one uh-huh. one. I think a seven and one is probably their ceiling. Um, I'd be shocked if they can get to nine wins because that means they're upsetting um, two two of the teams out of Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, and that means they're taking care of Dallas and Washington both. So I would say probably a seven and one is best case scenario, and that should easily win the division. Yeah. Um, hell, they should probably win it even if they win two less games, and a six wins probably gets six wins might actually win the division, but. I think that they can take their they I think they can upset one of those four teams after um, Cleveland and Cleveland's not going to be an easy game. I mean, yeah. it's going to be on the road. It's probably not going to be great weather. Yeah, um, it usually never is this time of year in Cleveland. So we might as long as as long as Sanders stays healthy, we can start getting our line more healthy. I'm so excited to get these players back, man. Yeah. I, I have a good feeling we're getting healthy at the right time. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about about eight seven and one. Yeah, I I'm somewhere around there, like I said before, nine six and one eight seven one. I think eight seven one is the more realistic. It's it's just that when they get to the playoffs, what's going to happen? Are they going to go? Are they going to go one and done, or are they going to go on like a magic carpet ride and at least get to the NFC Championship game? Right. And well, and with the possibility of that extra playoff team, too, that's yeah. going to make things really interesting. So I don't know how that's even going to work. I um, think it's you... um, so the one seed, they get the bye. Then it's two versus seven, three versus six and four versus five. So four versus five wouldn't, wouldn't change either way. Yeah. Right, there was some talk about, I think, earlier in the week, like saying that they would add uh, two more playoff teams, one to each conference if there's a game that's been canceled. But... People were freaking out, saying, oh, if the Eagles win the division, then there'll be an eight seed. And I think yesterday, they, all the owners, they talked about them. They said, though, the division winners will get the top four spots, and then the next four teams will get that. Right, so then they would do they would do two versus eight, and they got I think it would. What? I think there would be no buy. For, I don't know how that would work for eight teams, because you would have to... Yeah, because I mean, it, there would be a. Yeah, there wouldn't. I don't think there would. There, I don't think there's going to be a buy if that happens. Because. Huh. Right. So no one gets a buy then. So, so then, then one plays eight. Yeah. So that's like. True. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but. Shouldn't affect the Eagles too much there, yeah. but uh, I don't think but, they're in any. <laughs> I I don't think like a home <laughs> playoff game really. It's not like a difference maker like how it how it's been in the past, like where you have the whole link is yes. there. This time there's probably only what a total of seven seven thousand five hundred people. That's not going to mm-hmm. really make a difference at all. Like, which which by the playoffs they may increase that. Yeah, um, I don't know how doing it, but I know some of them are doing an increased, you know, capacity. But then again, you got Minnesota saying they're not going to go above. 250 I think it was which is crazy what's the point in having 250 fans I think it was like 250 people combined like that's what the Eagles are doing they're doing like 7,500 people total like you have like staff and everybody and then fans so it's kind of like oh oh okay I hear you I hear you okay gotcha that makes more sense because if there's 7,500 fans in the in the link uh, you would see much more seats would be filled right Right, yeah. I guess that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, man. I think uh, I think they win the division. Yeah, and then I don't know how they'll play. Um, 
right now are the, who they who are they stated to slated to play right now if the season ended is it still Chicago uh I don't think it's Chicago I can check real quick Right now, they would play the Buccaneers. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they win that game. Yeah, I don't. I, I think, know the washed. They just got washed, but yeah. I don't Tom know Brady in the playoffs, yeah, I don't want to play him. I would. I'm good on that. If the Eagles will probably win the division. I would want them to either play the Rams or the or the Bears. Yeah, that's who I, I want. That. I think and, those are two winnable games. See, even then, I I'm still scared of the Rams, man. I yeah, that's the thing. They beat us, but we weren't healthy at all. That's the thing. Like we weren't, we weren't. But I, I gosh, I I just that game gives me makes me nervous every time we play. It makes me nervous, but. I, I, it would be one of our best bets there, the Rams. I, I'm rooting for Chicago, honestly. Yeah. I, I want to see that again. Yeah. I don't think the Bears are going to make the playoffs just by looking at their schedule. They play the Vikings next and the Packers. They yeah. have to play the Packers the twice. they have been playing really good. Yeah. So they might not even make the make the playoffs. So it would probably come down to, for the wild card spots, most likely Chicago, Rams, and Cardinals. and Or the if the seven playoff seeds hold up right now, it would probably be, be between the Buccaneers, Cardinals, and Rams. So take your pick. Which one do you want? Those are all, none of those are really easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably really. the one I would take. No, I would, think that they... I think they can they could probably beat the the Cardinals cuz no playoff experience and then coming into the cold that they're not used to. So, I think that's more of a best bet of a win. Yeah. Other, those other twos are maybe if the Saints don't win their division, which I think they will, we would probably play the Saints and that's a that'll be a toss up because Drew Brees in the cold is not a He's not good playing in the cold. And yeah, the Saints is another one I would say um, is, is would be a a better matchup, especially like you said Drew Brees in the cold. I mean, we'll see both the Arizona and New Orleans. We'll see how uh, how they fare. I think Arizona is in Arizona, is it not? Uh, yeah, it's at it's at Arizona. So that one that'll actually be a lot more interesting. I think if 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 Arizona does have to come to Philly, I'd like to see how. Uh, Tyler Murray and them deal with the cold. Okay, let's say we win. I'm just. Let's say we won the four or five matchup. We would. We would most likely end up going to New Orleans or Tampa Bay. I could. I think. I would give us a really good shot to win in. In New Orleans because of the no fans there. Tampa would be tough because of. Tampa would be tough because of Tom Brady and stuff, so. Yeah. 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 The one the teams I don't want to see is uh, I don't want to see Green Bay in the playoffs whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see Seattle. 
Hell no. Give me no. I want no part of Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I'm, other I'm, than that, though, I mean, this. I mean, this conference is wide open. I mean, there isn't uh, the NFC. There's no like, you know, powerhouse. I would say. Yeah, there is. Outside Green, probably. They're they're pretty powerful. But. I don't think I don't think Seattle is gonna be. Because I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs because of their defense, because it's so bad. Like, Russell Wilson probably has a score probably about around 31 points just to have a chance in a game. Yeah, and, and he's turned over the ball a lot lately, too. I think he's up to 10. Yeah. I think he's on pace for, like, a double turnover, over double-digit turnovers in the teens, so. All right. Yeah, so uh, we just got to take care of New York, first of all. Yep. Well, that's the end of episode three. Catch us next week. Hopefully, we'll have Tyrell in to be a guest, our first guest. So we'll catch you all later. Oh, yeah. Okay. Peace.